Fire. Our first true piece of technology. 100,000 BC, stone tools. 4,000 BC, the wheel. 9th century AD, gunpowder. 19th century, Eureka, the light bulb. 20th century, the automobile, television, nuclear weapons, spacecraft, internet. The internet is amazing. 21st century, biotech, nanotech, fusion and fission and M-theory. And that was just the first decade. We are now three months into the year of our Lord, 2023. At this moment in our civilization, we can create cybernetic individuals who, in just a few short years, will be completely indistinguishable from us. Which leads to an obvious conclusion. We are the gods now. Welcome back, folks. I'm your host, Aaron Hockett. I'm the technocratic ghost. Boy, what a few <laughs> interesting weeks this has been. Interesting is probably also an interesting choice of words, right? We've had ceasefires and wars. And <clears throat> honestly, I'd, I'd say, uh, short of aliens landing and being confirmed, the drama with OpenAI and Microsoft and the internet has been nothing short of astounding. There's just no other way to say it, right? Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a wild couple of weeks, and again, uh, thank you thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been. Uh, an extended break for me, just uh, for some time for vacation, time with family. Uh, so thanks, thanks for uh, stopping by again. So no surprise tonight, what we're going to be talking about is OpenAI and what GPT means in chat GPT. Did you actually know? Did you know what that means? We'll, we'll discuss that tonight. Uh, so as it stands, Sam Altman, the former CEO turned CEO again, is now back in charge. If you've been living under a rock, right? Uh, he's back in charge of OpenAI by a series of events that, in my opinion, will change how AI works and is controlled for the next century. Now, you might think that that statement is outlandish. Uh, it's really not. Um, there are so many things to get into uh, tonight regarding this. Um, but what I am going to, before we dive into that though, I'm going to make a disclaimer, uh, you know, almost a warning label, right. Um, around this, just as a, just as a, as a caution, right. Um, you know, um, the events around the resignation and Microsoft's involvement, you know, stories calling for AI legislation, uh, and all of that that has happened in such a way 
uh, it would be completely foolish to rule out that this was, in fact, completely orchestrated from the beginning. And so let's <clears throat> let's go ahead and dive into that. But the caveat is, right, we're, we're talking about something that is potential, not the fact that it is, in fact, fact, right? But again, it's opinion. Um, so the dots that we have to connect are twofold, right? One, why was Sam Altman fired and or resigned by pressure from the open AI board, right? Which, by the way, has never been fully disclosed as to why they did what they did, what Sam Altman was working on that they deemed too extreme, in air quotes, right? And second, why does Microsoft care so much, right? I mean, this is... This is interesting. We'll get we'll get kind of into the logistics and financials of that. But Bloomberg issued an article a day after Altman resigned uh, from his CEO position and called into question what legislation, lobbying, and rule sets uh, were around the governance of generative AI and AI in general. The reality is of what we face right now is AI, like the internet back in the late 80s and 90s, it has no rules, okay? Um, it, it really doesn't. Sure, there are things that you shouldn't do that are more or less common sense, right? Again, it, it's kind of um, the rules around how you treat cats and dogs, right? You treat them with love and respect, although some people don't, Right? One story I read recently <clears throat> was, uh, and this is a very dark example, um, but a child psychologist was using facial images of children that they were seeing, right? So pictures of, you know, yours or my kids basically uh, talking to a psychiatrist, right? Because they have it on record. Uh, and they were using those pictures to train AI on creating child porn using those kids' faces, okay? Yes, this is the sick and twisted world we live in where inherit trust given to someone that leverages that trust to fulfill a sick fantasy, all right? However, the private images don't stop there, right? What happens with all of the pictures online of kids and their parents that post on social media, much like myself, right? <clears throat> pictures that go into the ether, pictures that are saved on iCloud or Google Photos or Dropbox or anywhere else like that, that you think are private that then are used by AI or ML, machine language uh, and generative image AI trainers to then understand how to make their algorithms better, right? And so <clears throat> this even goes beyond just Hollywood being outraged around the voice rights or even image rights not being paid to them, right? This is real people doing things that only their imaginations can dream up, okay? So that's one example. That's one extreme, right? But let's stop right there for a moment, okay? OpenAI, Microsoft, money, and power. I'm not going to do a blow-by-blow -blow timeline like some other uh, 
folks out there have probably done in terms of connecting the dots. But what I want to focus on is what Altman did that spooked the OpenAI board and why Microsoft may have pulled strings to get a board seat, okay? So Altman resigned or was removed by the OpenAI board in disagreement over how he was handling the company. So <clears throat> story just came out within the last uh, 24 to 48 hours that Altman was working on a new algorithm called QSTAR. And it was light years, supposedly, above where ChatGPT4 was, right? And Altman, like Eon, or Elon, right? Not Eon, Elon Musk, maybe, uh, was, was seen, right, as the company or OpenAI itself. And he was a central figure to how AI was to work. And Microsoft, of course, had a vested interest in this. Why? Because they had made a $10 billion investment uh, that they hadn't even begun to scratch the surface on uh, that investment charge and wanted to make sure that things were stable and that Altman was in control of the company and their investment. But what's interesting is why do you think Microsoft offered Altman and the OpenAI team Microsoft jobs after the big blow up, right? Microsoft, like all competition out there, are chasing what AI can and cannot do from a corporate perspective in terms of automations and refinements to processes. <clears throat> but it's not just that, right? <clears throat> it's also an arms race in terms of being the AI virtual assistant, right, within the various different layers of organizations. And the whole point of that is to go through workflow processes and procedures to eliminate, identify, and reduce waste within those organizational processes. But that's not all, okay? AIs are also meant to write and develop code, make suggestions on strategy, and of course, replace all of us, right? That's at the end of the day what this is all about, right? <clears throat> Poor McDonald's workers have com been completely outsourced by robots flipping burgers. Although, I don't know, you know, if there's if there's much difference in the taste of a McDonald's burger that's been flipped by a robot versus a person. That, that I'll leave that to uh, your discernment. Um, but of course, this is the last bit that is a ways off, right? As we're automation and make our lives easier, right? It's the 1960s uh, style robot commercials of saying, in the future, robots will make everyday living easier. And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, it's the year tw almost 2024, and robots are not making my life easier, or at least none that I can you know, perceive anyways. Um. But this also focuses on why legislation for how um, AI and its algorithms, right, can be profitable to certain individuals or corporations depending on the lobbying of the rules. So, for example, <clears throat> what can you use AI for, right? Can you use it for automation uh, around things of the house to make things more clean, to be more energy efficient, absolutely. But then, who are the who are the people that tell you, um, 
you know, that as soon as you take that uh, outside to your garden and your sprinkler system, that's a bridge too far. Again, I'm just using that as an example, right? You can use it for your home, but you can't use it for your out, outdoor property. But again, who's to say, right? So the whole point of this was Altman was removed because of his dangerous direction that he was taking open AI, as alleged, right? Including his idea around building a chip company to help train his AI on custom design chips. Again, the, the QSTAR piece, right? Which would then have very specific uh, chips built <clears throat> in order to uh, train his specific new version of ChatGPT, right? Uh, which if you think about it, the more interesting part is how that fits into the CHIPS Act, right? Because what are we seeing right now uh, that's unfolding uh, between the United States, NVIDIA, and China, okay? Now, again, <clears throat> some history if you've been living under a rock. The CHIPS Act was made so that the United States of America would have an absolute competitive advantage, uh, a leg up, if you will, on the rest of the world in terms of designing, manufacturing, and... Um, Oh, gosh. What's the word? Um, <laughs> full spectrum control over what a chip can and cannot do. Sovereignty. That was the word I was looking for, right? Uh, around those chips that are manufactured for and by the United States and its allies, right? So we've seen in the news the White House and some of the labor secretaries criticizing NVIDIA, for example, a Taiwanese company, that is changing their chip manufacturing to create a line that specifically gets around the CHIPS Act um, legislation. <laughs> so now NVIDIA will be able to sell to China specific chipsets to be able to train AI and machine learning models that then get around that legislation, right? And we obviously see... Um, uh, the foreboding of what that is going to do politically between the, the United States and China, right? And so going back to, you know, Altman and is most likely fast-tracking this language model and hardware purchases, right? They are trying to then stay ahead of the curve, right? Moving beyond ChatGPT 3.54, even maybe ChatGPT 5 models faster than the OpenAI board thought were possible, Right. What have we seen? And I feel like this is always the, you know, the pantomime villain that we see in uh, in movies, you know, sci fi or otherwise. Right. People who are creative often don't think or set limits on what they perceive as normal. Right. And so in this case, Altman's vision of the future of open AI and chat GPT and his new model and all that fun stuff. Right. is no different. Why, why would he have a legislative board tell him what he could or could not do at his company, right? What's every <clears throat> entrepreneur's fear, right? The product or service that they create, they have someone tell them that they can't do that. Well, that's usually how new companies are born, <laughs> right? So we'll, we'll take that. And so along comes Microsoft, right? And what have they been very vocal about 
in, in the background as well. So if you go do some, some research on this, you'll notice that Microsoft has been wanting a board seat uh, on the OpenAI board. And they have been unable to get any type of leverage or pay to play uh, of their initial investment. So you think about this, right? <clears throat> what Microsoft was doing effectively is to say, look, OpenAI, we're going to make a $10 billion investment in you. And we want to use your goods, products, and services, right? Oh, yeah, by the way, can you give us a, a board seat? Now, I say that facetiously because essentially anyone, even from Microsoft, would come, you know, and dispute that and tell me, you know, Aaron, you're completely wrong. This was just basically for services. Yeah, okay. Let's dig below the surface a bit, okay? You're paying $10 billion to then get products, goods, and services in order to influence the direction of where OpenAI goes for your own corporate interests and benefits, right? For your own goods, products, and services that are using OpenAI. And so <clears throat> by doing so, you have an unofficial board seat, right? In terms of the fact that you are uh, specifically invested in where OpenAI is going just by default of the fact that you were sliding money across the table in order to then use those product goods, goods and services. And if someone from Microsoft were to tell me, you know, Aaron, that's just not the case, they're lying through their teeth. Okay. Uh, it's all politics, right? They're basically saying um, we want to help uh, nurture the company as it grows and expands and leverage those products and services that OpenAI comes up with and deeply integrate them into Microsoft tools, products, and services uh, and have a competitive advantage over, let's say, um, Apple, right? Or Google with Android, right? As it would be. And so, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that we have to think about in regards to this, right, and for, you know, a, a large corporation, you know, now part of, I think it's the Magnificent Seven, as, as it's being called uh, in the S&P and the NASDAQ right now, right, <clears throat> is the fact that then where does the control start and stop, right? Where does the lobbying start and stops? So now we're not talking about lobbying in Washington, per se, around politics, although politics are, are definitely involved here. Right. It's one of those things where we need to take a step back and look at how are large corporations, enterprises, etc., using private investment dollars or even public investment dollars, right, to shape and influence what AI may or may not look like in the future. I went back and I said, look, you know, this this is going to define what the next century of AI looks like. Well, <clears throat> I would guarantee you, if you have seen uh, any type of sci-fi, you know, future, let's say Blade Runner, Altered Carbon, um, you know, any of those shows, for example, uh, you know, uh, in the kind of the public zeitgeist, right? You're going to know uh, what exactly is at stake, right? Being able to have generative AI assistance or even uh, robots that are controllable, right? We're going to um, even bring up uh, Isaac Asimov's uh, Three Laws of Robotics, right? Um, <laughs> so, so there is that uh, ever looming over us. And I think 
one of the things uh, that we need to just think about is what exactly has happened over the last five or six weeks and how does that impact us? So let's let's kind of take this home then, right? <clears throat> so I mentioned earlier, what does what does the GPT in, in Chat GPT stand for, right? Uh, you'd be surprised how many people did not know what this was. So I'm going to tell you, right? Generative pre-trained transformer, right? That's what GPT stands for in Chat GPT, uh, and hopefully that is useful at holiday parties coming up and makes you look super smart, right? <clears throat> but what is, what does that really mean, right? What does it mean around um, where we're at based in light of what has happened. And what I'd say is we need to be very weary around the technology narratives uh, that are going to come out in the next three to five years in regards to AI and legislative arguments for and against. Okay, The idea that a company, a corporation, or a person has our best interests at heart is completely laughable. Okay, let me say that one more time. The idea that a company, corporation, or person that has our best interests at heart is laughable. Okay, I would also highly recommend invest in understanding what generative AI actually means and how it is already and will be in the future impactful to your job, family, relationships, and how we live, right? We stated <clears throat> earlier that, you know, we're in the early 2000s of what AI is and can be, right? 10 years from now, uh, AI will have its iPhone moment, and it will just become another thing that we use. So my encouragement is for you to be an educated user of that technology and not just a passer observer of it. Okay. Lastly, I'm a forever optimist around how technology can be used and transformed in our day-to-day -day lives. And AI is no different, right? There are some very real dark corners of the human brain. I used some examples earlier around how it can be used in just absolutely twisted and evil ways. But it can and will also be used for good. And as long as we all are lifelong learners and participants within this social construct of how technology is used, we as a body of humans, I believe, will be better for it. So as you go into the holiday season, you know, take a step back, look at what has happened over the last five or six weeks in terms of OpenAI and think to yourself, how does that affect me and how is it going to affect me in the future? Because these are the types of moments that happen in history that we will point back to and look at and say, I was there, I thought critically, I took a stance in some way, shape or form that showcases that I have a good understanding of what AI should and should not be used for in terms of a company, a corporation, or a person. So with that, thank you for tuning in, and until next time. <laughs>